Welcome to Maison Pur, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly Hill. This podcast is all about natural living and how to get there without stressing out. We'll discuss easy tips to help create a healthier home, natural ways to care for our bodies, and so much more. you've ever thought about working with a health coach or wondered what they even do, this episode's for you. Today I have Natalie Cardozo. She's a certified health coach and she's here to share with us what she does on a daily basis, what it's like to work with a health coach, and also give us so many great tips all about how to get more restful sleep, how to eat better, even things like how to balance our hormones. So let's dive in. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Well, I have learned so much from your content on your Instagram, especially. So I'm just kind of excited to dig into some of those topics a little bit more. I do have to warn everybody that Frankie's in here with me and he sounds like a small pig. (laughs) So (laughs) I tried to shoo him out, but he would have been scratching at the door. So he's going to be with us for this recording. If you hear any snorts, that's him. (laughs) That's so sweet, though. I always say, like, the more listeners, the better. (laughs) Yay, that's true. (laughs) So um, as I said in the intro, you are a health coach, but I think a lot of people might not be aware of of what that is. So can you share a bit more about your background and what a health coach does? Yeah, I actually get this a lot. And to your point, so many people are always like, what is a health coach? (laughs) And actually, a lot of people think it's I'm more of like, so are you a nutritionist? And the answer is not. Really, I mean, I cover a lot of nutrition, but basically um, what a health coach is, is I basically help to coach and empower clients to help them meet any sort of, um, to meet and achieve any sort of health and wellness goals that they may have for themselves. So I do look at the nutrition aspect of health, but I also look at outside lifestyle factors that can contribute or maybe getting in the way of them meeting those goals. So I look at things like exercise, um, you know, what their love life is or social circle, stress and work-life balance. Um, uh, so I don't actually run any lab works. I don't prescribe supplements. I don't diagnose clients and tell them exactly what's wrong with them because I leave that all to either a doctor or functional doctor to do. And then I help support, you know, if they're seeing a doctor and they say, oh, my doctor said I have I don't know, PCOS. And then I, so I'm like, okay, well then I'll take that and we'll, I'll help them work out the sort of issue or whatever problems that they're having based on what the doctor's saying that they have. So that's kind of what a health coach, well, that is what a health coach is um, (laughs) and does. And I've actually uh, got my certification through integrative um, Institute of integrative nutrition. um, And maybe about a year ago. So I've been health coaching actually no, a little bit longer a little bit over a year ago. And so I've been health coaching now for about a year. And then I also, on the side, I've been running um, a blog and uh, a health and wellness blog um, where I share all things, as you know, clean beauty and skincare, but also hormone and gut health related information and uh, lots of clean recipes, clean eating recipes. Yes. I love your recipes. I actually, I, your recipes all look so good. So. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of fun to make. And some of them is taking something and 
you know, even like if it's a family recipe and then turning it into like something that's a little bit cleaner that I, you know, something I grew up eating and then kind of switching it around and making it a little bit cleaner for people or for the family or, you know, especially my husband has a gluten allergy. So whatever it is that I grew up eating, I try to change it and make it, you know, gluten free. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I think that some people, when they transition to a healthier lifestyle, like that's kind of one of the missing pieces. They're like, well, I miss, you know, having this, this, and this. And like, sometimes you can go in, I've even made like a super healthy version of lasagna that still tasted really well. And I felt like that was such a win because I'm like, it's healthy and it tastes phenomenal. So I was like, you know, you can have everything sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of thinking outside the box of how you can make it you know, consumable that's or something that you can actually eat based on whatever dietary needs you have to follow. Yeah. <laughs> but it takes some thinking and digging and even recipe testing to get it right. So Yeah, I'm sure that's true. So when when you were describing what a health coach does, I what popped into my mind is you're somebody who helps put all the puzzle pieces together because I think it's really difficult as somebody who's been through things and then also had things pop up with my kids' issues. It's like you get a small piece of information or a diagnosis from one provider and then you go to somebody else. You know, Maybe you try to seek out a functional nutritionist or somebody who's telling you this and then you have other pieces of the puzzle too and you're trying to put it all together. So you might be somebody that can help someone research all the different avenues and put together kind of a more cohesive plan of action. Absolutely. And even just taking like a more holistic approach. So let's just say, for example, there's a doctor who's saying, you know, a client is coming in and they're like, oh, I have all these PMS and scramping and, you know, a long list of hormonal issues going on. And they're just like, well, here's some birth control. Um, You know, you can get a, a client, which has happened where they're like, I really don't want to be on medication. What can I do? And so sometimes I'll come to me. I'm like, well, here's, we can work on different alternatives to see if we can do some things naturally to help alleviate some of that, you know, the things that are happening before you just jump right into, you know, going on birth control. So a lot of the times it is like piecing a lot of different things together. They're seeing multiple different people and you're kind of just kind of figuring out, okay, well, what's going on and what are you eating and what are you doing and what do you, you know, how are you sleeping? And it's just kind of, gathering everything and (laughs) trying to figure out what's going on and how to best help them. Yeah. It's so, it's so much, but especially in a time of going through something like that, having somebody like you, I'm sure is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So as a health coach, what are some of the key areas that you look at when you begin to work with somebody? So typically our first session or my first session with a client usually is all about running a health history. Um, And basically, I mean, that's kind of just as as it sounds is we're kind of going over and discussing everything about their health, you know, what their, um, how their sleep is, what's top of mind, if they're having any pain. Um, We kind of go into details about that. Uh, Then I go into, if they're women, we kind of go more into about their hormones and their menstrual cycle, if things are normal, if they're experiencing any symptoms, um, if they're irregular periods, if they're missing a period. But then I always like to go into uh, food after that. We always, I always like to dig deep of, okay, what's a typical breakfast look like for you and a typical lunch and dinner? Are you drinking enough water? Is caffeine a huge caffeine and alcohol play a role in, you know, something you're drinking every day? Um, so I like to always get like an overall big picture of everything that they're doing, any sort of symptoms that they're experiencing so that I can be better prepared on, you know, how we can move forward and 
figure out what's more of a priority for them to start working on. Are there certain areas that you feel like you prioritize for really focusing on with your clients? Um, so honestly, I would say probably routine. I feel like routine is huge and can go with just about anything somebody is experiencing. So whether it's a routine for a diet or exercise, I always want to know, you know, how, how do you, how can you set routines to help maximize any areas that are important to, um, you know, your health and wellness goals, you know, if you're having trouble with sleep, and that's a big factor of, you know, uh, you're just not sleeping through the night or you're waking up a lot through the night or you're just, you feel anxious before you even go to bed. You know, that's something that we prioritize and, um, you know, we kind of help, what kind of routine can we establish to help get you better sleep or deep sleep? And maybe it's something where we're, you know, shutting off electronics before bed um, or TV before bed an hour, at least an hour before bed, I would say not working late at night. I see so many clients who have, you know, wake up and they just, they don't even have a morning routine. It's like they wake up and they go and they're working all day. They come home. They, you know, sometimes they're skipping meals. Sometimes they're, um, they eat through they eat their lunch through, you know, work calls and then mm-hmm. they eat a quick dinner and they're scarfing it down, but then they're working again right after dinner time. And then it's like, they get no break. And so I'm like, well, okay, well, if that's a priority, let's try to see where we can dial back and help you get that sleep that you need. Cause obviously there's stress happening. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, so Absolutely. really just trying to understand what's happening and, and, uh, and to be honest, like, even for me as a health coach, I don't typically like to even tell clients exactly what to do. I mean, I'll give them some pointers and some, uh, you know, one, two, three little things through our takeaways throughout after each of our sessions, but I really like to help them kind of develop their own conclusion or kind of help figure out what they should be doing. So kind of asking a lot of questions for them to help determine, well, let's see, you're not sleeping. So what do you think you can do? And mm-hmm. sometimes that, what that does is that helps them kind of think like, well, I know I work and I shouldn't be doing it right before bed. And so for them, it's like they're kind of coming to the conclusion on their own of what they should be doing rather than me telling them to do. Because I don't know if you've been anywhere, even just as you were young, you know, someone's telling you, you need to do this and you need to eat this or you need to <laughs> yeah. do the X, Y, and Z. And you're kind of like, no, because <laughs> you don't want to be told what to do, you know? Right, right. So it's kind of also learning how to work with the client and, you know, routine's really big. And like I said, you can kind of set that up, whether it's through diet or exercise or sleep or whatever it is, um, but then helping them kind of come to the conclusion of how they could develop that routine that works best for them. Right. That makes perfect sense. One thing um, that you talk about a lot, or I, I've seen you talk about quite a few times, is uh, hormones. And as somebody who has dealt with like an imbalance, and also I've done a lot of research on it, like I feel like people underestimate <laughs> how important yeah. that is. But I wanted to ask you, you know, to talk about the importance of paying attention to hormones and how that can impact our health. So one thing I always try to tell a client, even if it's non-hormone related, um, but usually it always is, especially if I'm working with a woman, um, that your body is always talking to you. Um, so you really have to learn. And I know it's so hard and people are like, well, how do I even, how do I listen to my body? But it's something that you just really have to start tuning into, um, because it's always talking to you and, 
one, especially with hormones, you know, it controls so much of your overall, you know, well-being. And so many things that people think that are normal are actually not. They are common, but they're definitely not normal. So, you know, for example, if you're someone that's suffering, you know, with acne or you have PMS each, you know, menstrual cycle, there's cramping, you're constantly anxious or you're sad all the time, you know, these are all little red flags and something that, um, you know, you should be paying attention to or kind of, you know, it's your body's way of telling you, hey, something needs attention. Um, and sometimes we just ignore that. And I think especially, I mean, you grow up, I mean, when you first even have a period, you kind of are like, oh, okay, so I'm expected to be have cramps and just bleed a lot. And, you know, you're not really told that, you know, this is not normal, or this is normal. And, you know, the details of what your menstrual cycle and what women go through through each phase of their cycles. You see growing up how your cycle is portrayed as like this, you know, awful thing. Um, but really, it's like, I think it's because we're not educated on, you know, why are we feeling this way? You know, um, I know, for myself, for many years, I remember just being in, you know, high school, junior high, I remember I had friends who would actually stay home from school. And I'd wonder why and then be like, Oh, I, you know, had a horrible cramps that I just couldn't even get out of bed. And I was like, wow, that's like, I have not experienced that yet. But if that's what I have to look forward to, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, in the big now knowing what I know, it's like, that's actually not, not normal. There's something there's a reason why that's happening. Um, you know, and if you're someone who is actually diagnosed with something like, you know, either PCOS or, or have multiple miscarriages, it may be that, you know, you need to get your hormones checked out. Maybe it's that your progesterone levels are low or your thyroid may, may need attention. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's crazy how we are just taught about our cycle and being, you know, this ugly, awful thing, but not anything else besides that of like, what's normal, what's not normal. And then when you are experiencing these issues, it's like, well, here's a, here's a pill to like make mm -hmm. it all go away. And you're like, well, actually that's kind of masking the problem instead of really figuring out why I'm having it in the first place. Absolutely. And I do feel like mainstream medicine is very guilty of that. I mean, I remember when I started having bad cramps and I went and they were like, well, your options are to get on the pill or just take a whole yeah. bunch of pain medicine every month. And, you know, there was no, well, let's get to the bottom of why this is suddenly occurring. Hormones can be out of balance. We can have a lack of understanding. I definitely am a proponent for people getting their hormones tested, but I think some people feel helpless when they do find out they have an imbalance or suspect it. Um, but there's actually so much we can do for our hormones. So I wanted to just ask what you think are some good ways to balance hormones. Yeah, I think balancing hormones is great for everyone to do. Men, women, I mean, everyone. Um, and there's so many things that we can do. And oftentimes it's even just overlooked. Um, but there are so many things that we can do that you can even just start doing today. Um, and one of them is really balancing your blood sugar throughout every single meal that you eat. So I always tell clients, you know, one of the big things that I work on immediately, if I'm finding out that, you know, what they're eating typically for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'm like, Oh, okay. So you're having a Red Bull in the morning and a Coke and <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had clients who are literally waking up with Red Bulls and Pop-Tarts and I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so just kind of going back to basics and kind of teaching them about balancing your blood sugar to 
kind of sets you up for the rest of the day so that your insulin levels aren't spiking throughout the day. You're not on this roller coaster. And so what I try to tell clients is, you know, when you're building your breakfast or your lunch or your dinners, you know, you always want to fill half your plate up with some veggies, be a rainbow of veggies. It could be different types of veggies, whatever it is, but getting some veggies in, um, but then adding in healthy proteins and healthy fat. That always gets like this. People are always like afraid of fat. And that's like an old, old, like nobody like everyone on to be on a low fat diet. I'm like healthy fats are really, really actually good for you. Especially mm-hmm. when you're pairing that with protein, because that's going to help slow down the absorption of the food entering your body and helps to not spike up your insulin levels and your blood sugar. Um, so really just veggies are protein, healthy fats, and then anything else that sounds good. Like if you're craving a piece of cookie with your lunch, you know, have it with your lunch, you know, just make sure you're including those greens and those, you know, the protein and the fat, you know, I always tell clients, don't restrict yourself, have what you want, eat it and enjoy it, but also just make sure you're consuming it with the right types of proteins and fats and getting in those veggies for fiber. Um, so that's one way that I always like to talk about um, to clients about balancing hormones. But also another thing that really gets overlooked is your liver. So think of your liver as like an exit for your waste. It actually helps to move digested foods, any toxins or chemicals every single day. And so one way is actually through your stool. Um, and other ways, you know, through your skin and your lymphatic system. So if you're doing things like eating plenty of fiber rich foods, like which is why I always tell clients to eat lots of veggies, include that breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, because what you're doing is you're helping break that down and you're um, passing that, helps to break it down, and then you're passing that through your school with stool, which helps to eliminate all the toxins. So really thinking about supporting your liver, whether it's you know including fiber, um, doing going for walks and saunas and supporting your lymphatic system. I love to do what is called a castor oil liver pack, which is basically castor oil. And you comes in a little, um, like a little wrap that you put around your liver and it just helps to detox and support liver functions and sleep. And so sometimes if I'm, you know, if, if someone's even feeling like constipated or not regular, those are all things that I would recommend them to, to do because it helps to balance up the hormones and keep you regular and, get your lymphatics moving. And so another thing that I, um, actually, I think you even talk on so much on your blog and your Instagram is endocrine disrupting chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something known as xenoestrogen, which is basically a subcategory of the endocrine disruptor group, which is basically fake estrogen. And those are things that we are exposed to daily through, you know, plastic water bottles or just plastics in general, um, like food containers, our makeup, our skincare, um, our cleaning products, so much more. So just, you know, kind of like what you talk about all the time is just trying to switch and use cleaner products that aren't going to disrupt your endocrine system, which in turn disrupts your entire, you know, hormones and everything. Right. And um, I think that builds up because people don't understand how much exposure they're getting to things like that. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'll use a little bit of this, but you know, just you know, I just use my makeup. That's okay. But I'm like, if you're piling on that makeup every single day and it's not clean or at least somewhat clean, I'm like, you're just every day adding that in, adding that in, and you're just 
more and more exposed. And of course, there are times that we can't be 100% clean all the time, but doing the best that you can and eliminating your exposure helps so much. Right. And um, let's see, oh, sleep. I always think sleep is like, it's so key. And I think people think of sleep, they don't really think of sleep as, it. sleep does so much for you. Um, and if you have lack of restorative sleep, it can actually increase like insulin resistance, which also can increase your hormone, horm- hunger hormone, sorry, mm-hmm. um, and also cause cravings for sugar and carbs. So really making sure that you're getting restful sleep um, will really help to support your adrenal glands. And I just think sleep is so key. That's a great tip. I, as somebody who I am a night owl and I do have a, um, my husband teases me about this so much because <laughs> I, I took a genetic test, um, like a health one, not like a, you know, ancestry yeah. one. And, um, it kind of had all like the genetic mutations and things like that. And I have a specific genetic mutation where I produce plenty of melatonin to get to sleep at night. But in the morning when most people's bodies start to naturally clear it out on their own, like it, like my body just doesn't. So I just stay tired in the morning and I kind of hit my stride later in the day. Now there's things I can do, like getting direct sunlight when I first wake up and things like that help. Um, But it's so tempting for me sometimes because I do, even when I do everything right, like get sunlight in the morning, get some movement, things like that. Like I do just feel more creative and more energetic at night. So it's so tempting always to stay up and work or do stuff but I know I have to get up with the kids or take them to school or we have things to do. And it's like, you know, it's hard not to sacrifice sleep, but I always have to think about how your body's doing so much while you're sleeping, all the reparative work for your organs, your skin, your brain, everything. Everything. Yeah. And even a lot of like your liver functions. I mean, a lot of it's always being cleared out, you know, while you're sleeping or throughout the day. So it's so important. I mean, even myself, it can be guilty of that. I would say I'm more of a night owl than I am of a, you know, waking up early. I'd rather sleep in a little bit. So I can definitely feel you on that one. <laughs> Sometimes, especially in the summertime, like if the kids are home all day, it's like, I don't even have time to open up my computer or do anything um, until they go to bed. But then I kind of hit this like, okay, well now I'm on a roll and I don't want to stop. And the next thing you know, I'm like, it's 930. I really need to turn this off. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that especially right now since it is summer and yeah, it's the same because we'll be going, we'll have appointments or this or that. And it's like going, going, going. And then I'm like, okay, I did not squeeze in any work. Now they're in bed. I'm going to try to work. <laughs> it's all yeah. about balance. You know, if we can do it, you know, 80% of the time, 90% of the time, and then you, you know, of course you you're going to have those other moments and we just, we know what to expect though, at least, you know, like, okay, if I'm not going to get enough sleep, it's just going to be a little sluggish the next day. And it is what it is. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So I, I, that's one thing I'm personally working on because I do say that to myself, but then it gets to be like three days in a row and I'm like, okay, I need to like kind of reset and prioritize my sleep. Yeah. Um, so you had talked about blood sugar a few minutes ago, and that's actually something I wanted to ask you about because I think a lot of people, I think the term confuses people because when I've tried to talk to people about it, I, some responses are like, but I don't eat sugary foods. I'm like, no, no, it's not like, <laughs> I'm not saying you're eating a pound of sugar. Uh, you know, it has to do with like basically just your diet in general, how far you're spacing meals, things like that. So I just wanted to see if you could kind of explain it so everybody understands what that term means. Yeah. So 
Blood sugar basically is just another name for glucose, it's, um, which is basically a type of sugar that is found in certain foods, such as carbs or you know rice and things as such. Um, so when we eat, our bodies actually break down the food, and that's when glucose enters our bloodstream. So our bodies actually need some of that blood sugar because that's what actually helps to fuel our cells. It powers our brains, our organs, our muscles. But really what we want to avoid is having either too much or too little because having too much glucose will make you feel sluggish and very sleepy. But on the other hand, having too little will actually make you feel more irritable or hungry, weak, and jittery. I always, my husband, I mean, I remember when we were dating or even just first married, it's like he'd go on like, he sometimes wake up before me and wait for me to wake up to eat food. And then by the time I'm up and he's hungry, he'd get, I call hangry. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, that's really because he like went too long without food and his blood sugar is dropping and he's like, he needs, he needs something in his system so that he can be a little bit more mellow. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when it comes to our hormones, you know, blood sugar imbalances can really provoke hormone imbalances and cause, you know, lack of satiety, constant hunger, cravings, um, even sleep imbalances like we talked about. And um, you know, that's why balance is so key um, because it can impact your hormones and your insulin, your cortisol levels. And then, like I said, hormones such as your estrogen, progesterone, all of that kind of um, results in, in having either too much or too little. Right. So and I always mm-hmm, – go ahead. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just – I also just wanted to point out that it's like the foods that can cause the – the spike, it's not always unhealthy foods. You know, when people are thinking Mm -hmm. of like maybe cookies or whatever, like it can be fruits, it can be healthy starches, um, you know, rice, quinoa, things like that. Absolutely. So um, if you have a piece of fruit and let's say you're having an orange, that's a whole orange, and then you're having something like orange juice, if you just drink orange juice, Because it's liquid, it's going to enter your bloodstream a lot quicker, which is going to cause that insulin spike as opposed to having just the whole orange itself because you have to chew it and it takes a while for it to kind of digest and and enter your bloodstream that way. So like I said, even just like, it's kind of like what you mentioned, like it could be healthy. It could be having an orange and having orange juice, but one is going to spike your blood sugar a lot faster than having orange. So one of the things that I always try to tell people is, Um, you know, when you're having food, um, make sure it's balanced. And I always, there's two things. I mean, I know we talked about having protein fat and some fiber rich greens. Um, but if you're having something like a cookie pair it with a protein or fat, I try to tell my clients have a a healthy beef stick, a handful of nuts, maybe a scoop of peanut butter or, or nut butter that you prefer. Um, but just have something that's going to help slow down the absorption of whatever you're about to consume. I always tell people don't avoid naked carbs and naked carbs are something like snacking on some chips in in the evening, which sometimes I'm guilty of. (laughs) And then I have to realize and go, okay, I need a handful of nuts or something. Um, But avoiding naked carbs, meaning eating the cookie or the cake or some chips or, you know, some rice or oatmeal, you want to always be able to pair those things with a healthy fat or protein, or even sometimes both. So that your blood sugar doesn't spike and it just helps with the absorption of, um, of all of that, of all the glucose kind of entering all at once. So if you're going to have a piece of cake or a piece of cookie or whatever it is, a treat, um, 
have it right after you're eating dinner or right after you're eating lunch, not by itself a couple hours later. And if you are going to have it by itself, then definitely pair it with, like I said, some sort of healthy protein or fat. Right. Yeah, those are great tips. And so that's great to keep in mind, you know, while you're eating to keep your blood sugar balance. Is there anything else or is that really the key is just keeping the ratios, uh, you know, trying to keep that in mind while you're eating? So that's part of it. Um, but also not skipping meals. I also see so many clients who are like, well, I'm just so busy in the morning. I don't even eat breakfast or I'll, they do intermittent fasting. And so they are skipping that breakfast or they're having coffee on an empty stomach uh, first thing in the morning and all of that, you know, coffee disrupts your hormones, including your cortisol and adrenals and insulin. Um, and not to mention even your sleep and your, your mood. So if you are going to have coffee, have it after you're having a balanced meal and not on its own. I know so many people are like, I like to just wake up and have a cup of coffee before I start my day and it just wakes me up. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, they're just shooting all of that right into your body and your system. And then you're not having any food to help stabilize or regulate anything. Like I know for me, I mean, I just, I'm starting to like learn more about my body as well because it does take time, but I'm knowing more and more that I do try to drink coffee. I'm more of a matcha girl, but when I do, I do like the flavor of coffee. So sometimes if I have it, I get instant like jittery, even if it's like a little bit, mm. but it just doesn't sit well with me. And so sometimes it was like, oh, well, I would have it while I'm making my breakfast. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um, making sure that you're not having caffeine on an empty stomach, definitely not skipping any meals. Um, and another fun tip is going for walks, like especially if it's lunchtime and you're working and you just need some movement and sitting at your desk all day or, or even dinner time where it's nice, especially right now when it's nice in the evenings, after your meals, go for a short walk, even if it's just around the block, because it's going to help regulate your blood sugar after a big meal. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, like naked carbs and just making sure everything you're eating that with uh, some sort of protein or fat. Right. Those are those are all great tips. And I think very doable. It just takes some, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess mindfulness while you're yes. putting together your meals or eating. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are times where I even forget, honestly. Like even the other day, like I, like I mentioned, I had a handful of, I was snacking with some chips and I was like working as I was doing it in the evening. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> you're doing everything rather, wrong. <laughs> I'm doing everything, everything I'm talking about right now. I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I did get up and I immediately went and grabbed a handful of cashews and just like, okay, let me just stable this out a little bit. <laughs> it happens. I mean, my, you know, phrase that I always use is progress, not perfection, because it's not, it's not an enjoyable life if you're always focused on perfection, but it is good to be mindful of these things. So you can feel your best most of the time. Exactly. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, it's never going to be perfect. So let's not even strive for that because we're always constantly working on bettering ourselves or doing something better. Um, you know, like you said, progress, progressing over progressing our health rather than trying to like, hit a finish line and go, okay, I'm here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that adds on its own problems with like the stress of trying to achieve that, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, it's not doable. I mean, even with hormones, I mean, even for, you know, someone who has like perfect hormones, it's like, you're never going to have the perfect cycle, the perfect le hormone of le or level hormones 
every single month. It's always going to change based on whatever you have going on. Or even, you know, as we age, things get different and, you know, it's, it's always going to change. So we just have to be able to learn to adapt. But the more you're more in tune with your body and knowing, you know, what works for you and what doesn't, then you you make those changes and you know, okay, well, hey, I can't have coffee in the morning because it makes me jittery or I can't have coffee at all because that's just, it doesn't sit well with my body. My body doesn't like it. You make those changes. And so we just have to learn to adapt and be more in tune to what works for us. And everybody's different. What works for me is going to be so different for, for what works for you, you know? Absolutely. So another area that we kind of touched on that I just wanted to talk about a little bit more is sleep and how can someone set themselves up with a good sleep schedule? I am all about a schedule and kind of going back to what we talked about is routine. I feel like a routine is so key um, for your hormones. I, I value sleep. I don't know about you, but I know that if I don't get it, I am very cranky and <laughs> yes. I just like can't double function. Um, but I feel like starting with the time, like depending on what time you wake up or what your overall end goal is, like if your goal is to wake up at 5am every day to, you know, get a workout in, then you definitely want to prioritize sleep and pick a time that's going to allow you to get that amount, the, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep, but not just regular sleep, but you really want to get deep, restful, restorative sleep. Um, which a lot of times, a lot of us sometimes don't get. And I didn't realize that until even just testing my hormone levels. And it's like, you're not really getting deep sleep. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so finding out and learning, like, a, you know, if you are if you have access to do that, then, you know, then you'll know where you're at. But if not, just kind of picking, creating that routine for yourself. So for me, and just based on experience, I thrive off of shutting down electronics and TVs, um, you know, at least an hour before bed, um, and doing things that are more relaxing for me. So, and, and I think this could benefit so many people because we're always uh, stimulated with either our phones and Instagram and TikTok and the TV and whatever it is we have going on and even work. I know a lot of people that I work with are constantly up late working. And so if we can just establish like, this is the time that you know, nine o'clock, everything gets shut off or nine 30, everything just, we don't do any of that work gets put away. Um, but I would say doing things that are just going to help mellow you out after that decompress, maybe it's taking a bath, maybe it's, um, you know, doing a little meditation. Sometimes I like to put my legs up on the wall and read, um, just to kind of help with lymphatic movements and getting my things, my body, the blood circulating because I'm on my feet all day sometimes. So just getting things, you know, my legs up on the wall for 20 minutes while I read at night with the, um, with my blue light glasses, of course, <laughs> and, um, and kind of getting things to kind of relax my mind. I mean, some people thrive off of, I used to do a yoga class a long time ago. And sometimes I do a yoga class and the instructor would teach, um, a restorative yoga class. And now you can find those online on YouTube, but I would fall asleep <laughs> in those classes because they were just, they're like not even stretches, like you're just like kind of in a position for a while and it's the lights are dim. And so if you're someone who really struggles with falling asleep, that's something I, I couldn't recommend enough because I feel like you with the music. So, you know, therapeutic that you're kind of in that meditative relaxation um, mindset already. So just doing things to just kind of rest your mind, relax your mind to get good restful sleep. Um, and whatever that looks like to 
that individual, I'd say do it, but just kind of keeping in mind that you don't want to overstimulate the brain and your body um, before bedtime. And I know some people even, I think I had a client who's like, oh yeah, well I work out at 10 o'clock and then I shower at 1130 at night and then I can't get off my phone until the, literally I'm like, and I'm like, oh geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is hard. Like, okay, because now you're wide awake, and then you're showering, and I'm just like, okay. So, um, but then to your point, I know, like you were saying something about um, having a hard time waking up in the morning, and so some things like focusing on your circadian rhythm, um, and really what that is, you know, think of your circadian rhythm as your body's internal alarm clock. So. It basically tells you when to wake up and when to go to sleep. So in other words, when the sun is rising, that's when we should be waking up, being outside, getting, you know, sunlight first thing in the morning, even if it's for 15, 20 minutes. And then when the sun sets, that's really when we should be unwinding and not really. I mean, in today's world, it's hard to not be stimulated because sometimes, especially when daylight savings kicks in, it gets dark earlier. But typically when the sun goes down, we really want to make sure that we're unwinding with the sun and kind of getting ready for bed with the sun. So our, you know, circadian rhythm really relies on sunlight um, that our eyes are exposed to because it really communicates with our brain to get our bodies moving. And it also helps produce melatonin and cortisol. And then in the morning, our bot- our cortisol level should be at its peak and then lower as we get into the evening. So we produce a lot of melatonin in the evening to help put us to sleep and to get us relaxed. And so if we wake up, if we go to bed really late, then you're really kind of throwing it off balance. And it's kind of tricking your brain if you're on your phone late at night that you should be awake and that it's not actually nighttime. Right, right. And but that's, well, we really shouldn't be on our phones that late. But if you are going to have any electronic devices, I definitely think that people should look into like blue light blockers and things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Putting your phone on airplane mode. Um, I've been trying to keep our, we have our master bedroom and bathroom kind of, they're kind of connected. So I'll keep my phone on the other side of like in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not in the actual room with me sleeping on airplane mode. Um, And then the room being really dark. I used to have like these little night lights in the hallways because if the kids come down the stairs, I could, they would be able to see or not fall, you know? But now I'm like, okay, now that they're a little bit older, I can start unplugging a few of these so that they don't, because the light is kind of what's keeping me awake or I'm not getting a deep restful sleep. So you really want your room to be really dark and really cool and um, yeah, (laughs) ready for bed. (laughs) Right, right. No, that's, I'm like thinking of all those things and already feeling like more rested, like just being in the dark, quiet space, no screens. Like it's just very peaceful. Yes. I mean, just create your room like as like a sanctuary. Like that's your, your sanctuary. You go there to relax and just kind of be more restorative and, meditative and you know I'll even have like a little salt lamp in my room so sometimes what I'll do is I'll turn that on and you know while I'm reading um, even though I do have the light on a little bit so I can see um, or if I'm doing like a little short meditation sometimes I'll even do like a meditation to go to bed if that makes sense like I'll put on the meditation and I'll do it but then I'm like okay it's one of those that I'll just fall asleep and that's fine (laughs) yeah no that that makes a lot of sense yeah. And that's if I'm really like, if I have a lot of stuff going on and I just can't shut off my mind. Um, I think that's always a great way to do it. But actually the other thing I tell clients who really have a hard time, like their mind is always racing before bed. And it's usually the clients who are working or have a high stress job. Um, they're always like, I always have like this front on list of things to do and I can't shut off my brain. Cause I'm always thinking about what has to get done the next day or what I didn't do today. 
And so one of the things that I started telling people is write it down, like keep a little notepad and a pen next on your nightstand. And so whenever you're thinking about things or even right before bed, before you actually go to bed, um, you can journal or just write down like all the things that need to get like your to-do list, basically just writing out a to-do list of all the things you need to get done so that it's leaving your mind and you're putting it on paper and you won't forget it. <laughs> so you don't yeah. need to think about it. Yeah, that's a great tip. So I think we hit on some of the the biggest areas, you know, and I don't want to overwhelm people. They have to, you know, overhaul their whole life. I know. <laughs> um, but is there, are there any, is there anything we missed basically that is like kind of one of the keys that like somebody might want to think about? I say if you're going to take away like anything based on what we talked about, uh, I would say really working on getting some really great sleep because that can do so so much to your body, um, bad and negative if you're not getting um, restful sleep, but also so much on your hormones. And then if there's something that you really want to focus on, if, like if hormones are a thing for you, or even just in general, like I'd say you don't even need to have a hormonal imbalance to be able to benefit from this, but having um, a balanced meal, breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner, something you can work on. I think that's kind of easy. You can gradually build from there. You don't have to restrict food, um, but really just learning how to balance out your plate so that you can balance out your hormone levels and your insulin levels and blood sugar, overall blood sugar. So those would be the areas that I'd really focus on. Those are all, yeah, this so help. Like it's something that doesn't take that much to do, but the result is it really impacts your life. Yeah. And, and, and really making, I mean, if it's like, okay, this is so much, like, don't focus on this entire podcast and go, now I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this. What I always tell even my clients where when we're talking about things, it's like focus on one thing. What's one thing you can do today after you hear this podcast or tomorrow morning when you wake up? What is one thing that you would like to incorporate today? Is it including a veggie with each? Like say you're someone who doesn't eat vegetables, you know, or a lot of it. Maybe it's something as small as I'm going to ha- make sure I have a vegetable with my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, it could be some sauteed kale or whatever it is, but focus on one thing, whatever it is you have going on, just pick one and focus on that and, and do that until it becomes like regimental, like almost like you don't even have to think about it and then go to number two on your list of whatever it is you want to do, but make it small enough and something that is more achievable rather than just like, Oh, I need to do all these things. So where can people find you and learn more about you and your work? So I am actually on um, preciousTimeBlog.com is my my website and I'll share all like healthy related recipes on there, um, some health and wellness information on there. Um, so you can find me on the blog. I'm also, if you want to find me on Instagram, um, I'm at Natalie underscore Michelle and I can give you that to type out if that's easier. <laughs> um, but you can find me on Instagram and I share all the things on there as well. And then I also work, um, it's a clinic called Complete Health and Wellness where the functional doctor, if they wanted to work with a functional doctor, she actually does see clients virtually as well. So I know a lot of people are always like, well, I need to find someone who can run the lab works, but I don't have anyone near me. Um, the doctor that I actually work alongside with will run um testing and exam and meet with clients as well virtually. And so I work alongside her um, if they're looking for that. That's great. Well, I'll, 
I'll link. That's really helpful just because I've heard from so many people that don't have anyone in their area. So I'll be sure not only to link your blog and your Instagram, but I'll also link the main website for that as well in case someone's looking for a functional doctor. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful. Cause I, like I said, I get so many people like, I don't have a functional doctor near me or how can I get a, you know, hormones tested. And so mine actually will do virtual. So, and I know, I think, I mean, I think a lot of them do sometimes they just don't advertise it. I don't know, but right. Yeah. Find us if they're looking for someone. And then I'm actually working. Um, so if they do end up, whoever's listening wants to go to my website, I'm actually working on a, free like four-day hormone reset challenge and it's actually already complete we just need to pop it on my on my website but it's going to be a free download um for anyone to to snag and um they'd be able to go ahead and do the challenge it's only four days but it kind of helps to reset their hormones and i give you all the tools and and tricks on how to how to do that and i'll actually be running a challenge over on my instagram as well probably I don't know, maybe next month or so, give people time to download everything and get what they need. But um, that's also a good way if you are interested in hormones and kind of just balancing things out or just kind of doing a small reset. Um, that's something I'll be working on. Um, actually, by the time this airs, it'll probably be up because I'm hoping to get it up this week. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I, I will look at the date that this will go live, but um, I'll be sure to give everybody a reminder whenever the you do have that free download so that people can remember to go grab that off your site. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, Natalie. You shared so many great tips with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you allowing me to come on this podcast and talking about all the things I love to talk about. 